Hey guys, welcome to our Coffee with Alan time today. Um, this this podcast has has always been my heart to to share practical life uh, applications for our faith and uh, and how how to understand the gospel, how to understand the Bible, how to understand our faith in a real and practical way. And uh, so last week we talked about uh, simplicity. That the, the the Christian life is more simple than you'd ever had imagined, um, or as 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 many times we we misunderstand the Christian faith, to where it's, it feels so complex and complicated, um, but it's so simple. Uh, and so the, today I wanted to talk about this, uh, continue that 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 thought of what is the Christian life all about, you know. It's like, how, how do we live our faith? Like, what does it even mean? Like, how do we understand the Bible? Like, what is a an overarching lens that I can look at my faith and my life through? Uh, because our faith should be the lenses by which we see the world and everything in it. And that word namas uh, in the Bible that's usually translated as law, especially in the New Testament, uh, specifically means law, right? But what does that word mean? Like, what does namas mean? So namas, law, means way. It means worldview. It means perspective. Uh, basically, I, I want to kind of uh, pose to you that the word namas literally means God's lenses for seeing the world. How God's creative mind created all things in this world. Like even right now, I'm, I'm looking out my window and I'm seeing the, the sunflowers that my wife planted. Uh, they're itty bitty things and they grew up like crazy and, the, and they bloomed over beautiful and now they're, they've gone to seed and now the birds are just like going nuts. Like God's creation, like how did God create that? And, and, and God created plants to be beautiful and also to have seeds to feed the birds, to feed us. Uh, like we can take sunflower seeds and eat them, right? <laughs> so it's just, what what is the lens by which we see the world and all things in it? And so that's that's kind of a way to explain how we want to see our faith. How do we view this world? How do we view our lives? And and one and a word that I want to pose to you here uh, today is the word family. That that we view God and we view the church and we view our faith as family. And we, we've heard it said, you know, that the, the our faith is not a religion, it's, it's a relationship. Well, yes, that's true. And so what does that look like? What You talk about a relationship. What does a relationship look like? And I had a great conversation yesterday on the phone. And uh, just having this, this and, and I mean, I've had several conversations over, 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 gosh, I mean, the last months, years, God, really. Um, and... Oftentimes, it feels in Christendom, specifically evangelicalism, as though your identity as a Christian is that your identity is, I am a repenter. It seems like that's all you're ever told to do. Repent, 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 repent. Like your entire life is just basically apologizing for your existence, basically. I'm sorry, God, I did it again. I'm sorry, God, I sinned again. And you keep, we keep focusing on sin. Like that's honestly, like that's the for me, that's the biggest problem in, in evangelicalism today is that we are so overly focused on sin. It's like we're sin hunters. That's all we think about. You know, I love the illustration uh, was given to me several years ago, and it still applies today. Just that concept of, you know, imagine with me, <clears throat> don't think of a purple elephant. 
Don't think about it. A purple elephant. Do not think of that purple elephant with the big long with the big long nose, big ears. Don't think about it. Stop thinking about it. What are you thinking about? You're thinking about a purple elephant, right? You're thinking about that which you're focused on. And so what do we focus our lives on? What do we focus our affections on? What do we focus our attention and our time on? Well, if, if, it's, if you're like, <laughs> don't sin. Stop sin. Stop it. You're sin. Repent. Repent. Always, always be repenting because you're always sinning all the time, every day. You're, you're, when we define our lives by what we shouldn't do, we become and do that which we're trying not to do, right? So that concept, let's go back to family. I want to look at that, that concept of family. Do we see our, our faith through the lens of family? And here's what I mean. So this, this, is, um, this is an illustration of Christ in his church. So this is, you know, we'll go a little bit beforehand, a, little, a few verses beforehand. Um, this is uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. Pay attention, pay careful attention then how to walk. How you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making music with your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting one to one another in the fear of Christ. Wives also to your husbands. Now it's interesting that word submit, you know, you know oftentimes your know, wives submit to your husbands, right? That word submit isn't in verse 22. It's in verse 21, where it says submitting to one another in the fear of Christ, in the, in the reverence of Christ, in honor of and glorification of Christ. It says wives also. So now he's kind of switching the illustration here. Also to your husbands. You know, what? Submitting to your husbands in, out of reverence for Christ, right? To husbands as to the Lord, because the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the Savior of the body. Now, as the church submits to Christ, now here he's switching the, the analogy. So he's using the marriage marriage relationship, and he's using it as an illustration of what he's actually talking about. So this verse is not specifically talking about wives and husbands, the relationships between them. He's using it as an illustration to point out something bigger and better, more beautiful about Christ, about our relationship with Christ, right? So he is the savior of the body. That's the church. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives are to submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her to make her holy, cleansing her with the, wadding, with, with the washing of water by the word. He did this to present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or anything like that, or, any, or anything like that, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands are to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hates his own flesh, but provides and cares for it, just as Christ does for the church, since we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh." This mystery is profound, and I am talking about Christ and the church. That's how we know he's talking about this relationship. I am talking about Christ and the church. To sum up, each of you is to love his wife as himself, and his wife is to respect her husband. So what, he, what he's saying here is that the relationship with Christ is a relationship. It is a familial relationship, family. And 
and so as as we go about our lives, as we as we relate to God individually, so personally, as we as we personally relate to Christ, do we view Him as our loving husband? Over, I know for us guys, it's a weird illustration, right? But do we see Him as our lovely familial relationship, this love, intimate relationship with Jesus, our Savior, this best friend, this best friend above best friends? Um, this just this this relationship of connection and communion and love and support and encouragement how do we view that relationship I mean think of I, I just I always so I, was, I go back to the relationship with my wife right and I, I love this the, how he uses this illustration that the, the the relationship that we can have that we have with Christ is like a husband and a wife is like a, is this marriage type relationship right? It's not just like the bride corporate, you know, um, not just. It is It is the church and Christ, this corporate relationship with Jesus, with the church. But it's even more so as well. Apical, I, mean, I wouldn't say more so, but it, would, it is as equally applicable personally, individually with Jesus Christ and ourselves. Um, that when you see Jesus, when you think about Jesus and how he views you, do you see him as a spouse, as a, as a lover? As someone who loves you and desires to for, desires your good, desires your affection, desires connection. Now, it, <laughs> because going back to that illustration of like you know the the identity oftentimes in, in evangelicalism is that you are a, oh hello sorry hit the mic that your identity is a repenter. What if we brought that relation that mentality into our marriage relationships? And I don't know what that's called in psychology, but it's bad. <laughs> you know, that's like gaslighting, you know, manipulator. Basically, like you're ne you can never do good enough. You're never good enough and you'll never be good enough for your spouse. And you should live your entire marriage like that. Uh, no, like who wants to be in that kind of relationship? Why would Jesus ever you know, come and become a man, die on the cross for our sins, raise from the dead in order to create that kind of toxic, nasty, disgusting relationship. Wow, I just got passionate. <laughs> it, that is not the relationship that we have with God, and that is not how Jesus sees you. Jesus sees you as his beloved family. And now there are elements in our relationship, like with my, my relationship with, with my wife, is that I know that there are times when I'm not thinking about things, when I am not pursuing her uh, in, you know, intimately and relationally the way that I that I need to, um, that I'm absent, that I'm scrolling on my phone or, or you know through social media and I'm not paying attention to her and my kids, right? There are times where I'm doing something stupid, where, where I, I may, you know, um, say a quick word back and where there's mistakes that I make. Gosh, I'm not perfect at all in my, in my, in my marriage, you guys. Oh my gosh, far from it. Still learning, still learning like crazy, right? <clears throat> but what is the, the posture that I have? I've heard it said in marriage, you know, the most successful marriages, the most successful godly marriages are, you know, these, these, these two things, um, repent well and quickly and give grace quickly. Right? Give mercy and grace quickly. It's be why? Because your identity is not as your is not your mistakes in a marriage relationship. So why would that ever be our 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 identity in the in the in the household of faith? Why would that ever be how we ever you know choose to de you decide to choose to 
to see that as our relationship? Why would, I, why would that be a good lens to put over our life with Christ, our faith in Jesus? It's a terrible lens to put on, on our life and faith. When we see repentance as a gift, like he said, it is the kindness of the Lord that leads us to repentance. Now let's talk about that word, repentance. We've talk, I've talked about it you know, quite, a, quite a bit in, in church preaching and on this, on this podcast, I believe. But let's look at that word, repentance. Um, going back into the original languages in the Greek, the word itself is metanoia. And that word is meta, change, shift, transform, you know, meta. We kind of think we know what that means, meta. Uh, like metamorphosis, like change the shape, right? So metanoieo, you know, met metanoia, noieo means mind, thinking, that which controls what you do and and where you go and your trajectory in life. So it's change your trajectory, change your thinking, shift your thinking, right? Change your mind. That's what it means. Simple, right? Like last week, simple. We talked about, I think we actually talked about that last, last week. But so this whole concept of change your mind, is a gift. The fact that I have mercy and grace for my wife to to have the freedom to make mistakes, knowing that I can, there is grace and there is mercy. Now, I don't do it, of course, I don't do it on purpose, but there is freedom that I understand that there's grace. So when I, so that when I do do something stupid, when I get distracted, there's grace from my wife. There's grace and, and mercy in that relationship and me to her as well. When she makes, does something stupid, when she is not engaging the way that she wants. And I know you know, when, when there's not peace and when there's not flourishing happening within our family that we can and have the freedom to, and have the, have the pleasure to have the trust. This is why having a, a safe and trustworthy relationship is so important in a marriage that you have the faith to admit it, to repent of it, to, to acknowledge it, to them, confess it to one another. The Bible even said this, so that you may be healed. Having the space, creating the space in your relationships, whether it's with a spouse, whether it's with roommates, whether it's with your friends, no matter who, what it, who or what it is, this is the way that we relate and, and cultivate relationships in our everyday lives. Creating relationships that there's, there's trust so that there's mercy, so that there's grace, so that you can apologize and confess and say, dude, I messed up and, and acknowledge it and say, dude, this is what I did wrong. This was stupid. I actually, I a hundred percent, you know, believe and understand that this was dumb and I'm sorry for this, dude. Um, I don't want to do, I don't want to do this anymore. And so, and here are these things that I'm going to, I'm going to change. I'm changing my thinking. I, re I realized where this way of thinking got me and it was not where I wanted to be. It's not where I wanted our relationship to be. It's not where I wanted our friendship to be. I want better. Why? Because the, 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 the scope and the goal and the trajectory, the end-all be-all of our relationships is flourishing. That's God's desire for our relationships. Family, you know, and friends, co-workers, church, with our, our relationship with him, with, with him, with, with him. I think, oh, gosh, I mean, I, I was just stirred by that first part. Right. So we see all this part about, you know, this familiar relationships with husbands and wives in, in Christ in this church. But pay attention to this. Pay careful attention then how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise. He wants us to make wise decisions. As a husband, I want to make wise decisions in my family. I want to make wise decisions in my marriage. I want to make wise decisions with the church. I want to make wise decisions with the elders and with the people in the church and my friends and my family. And I want to make wise decisions with my life and with my time, where I go, where I, where I don't go. 
And so this making the most out of the time of the time, because the days are evil. I've, I've talked this about this a while back too. Don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. How do we know the Lord's will? We talk to him. We have conversations with him. We pray. We enter into his presence. We understand the will of the Lord because we know the Lord. We know the will of the Lord because we're spending time with the Lord in his word, in prayer, and worship, and preaching, listening to podcasts like this. You're listening to this because you're wanting to grow. You're you're asking, you're seeking, you're like, okay, what is he what has Alan got to say? You know, that can help me in, in my walk with God. And I'm hoping that that's where it's is what you're getting out of this this podcast is is a very helpful trajectory. Um, and don't get drunk with wine, but lead, but which leads to reckless living. But be filled by the by the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music with your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for everything in God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear and respect and honor of Christ. So, I love that picture. What does it say? Speaking to one another, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking to one another, addressing one another. I love that. Every time he says psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, like our, the music in the New Testament, it says addressing and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Music in the church is, is meant to edify and build up the church, to edify and grow and develop and bring joy. What is that? With you're with you know, making music with your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's about joy. It's all about joy. Giving thanks, having joy, celebration, love. You know, that's what that is what the relationship, that's what all of our relationships are meant to be. Joy, love, right? There, there is the. I love the the interpretation of of uh, of Galatians five, the fruit of the spirit. Right, you know, all, he lists all these things. These are the things that we know are not us, um, but it said, but this, this is the fruit of the spirit. Right, the fruit of the spirit. And essentially, if you notice, it's not plural, it's singular. The fruit, singular, and in in the Greek, that's why they translate it fruit. It's not the fruits, fruit of the spirit. And what is it? I love this interpretation that love is the fruit of the Spirit. And how the rest, everything that comes after, all the eight different things, you know, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, all those things are a different expression of agape. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And those two, we've talked about those two words, that word um, peace, meaning shalom, Right? Um, and then that word goodness, meaning tov, good, you know, ultimate good, what creates shalom, right? And, and so all these things are an expression and an outpouring and a result of agape love, devotion, steadfast devotion, that chesed love, that chesed devotion, steadfast faithfulness, that loyal love that talked about in the Old Testament, right? In the first covenant. All these things are an expression of agape love so the goal of our faith the goal of our lives the goal of everything and and the the goal of all of our relationships with with relating with god relating with the church relating with our spouses relating with our friends 
every relationship, the goal and the and the tra trajectory, the 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 means and, and the cause. What is it? The end and the means are both the same. Love, agape, in all of its varied expressions. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All these things, that is the lens through which we view life. That is the lens through which we view reality. Our existence, your existence, ex you exist for love, end result, and to love, to create love in all of its different ways, all of its various expression. Walk with the Spirit. Walk with the Spirit. You won't, you, and, and you won't, you know, you won't fulfill the desires of the flesh. You don't, you won't fulfill the desires of this world around you. You won't go back to your stinking thinking. You won't go back to the, the things that are not your identity in Christ. You will live in the newness of life as a new creation, as it says in the Bible, all over the place. All these, this is the way the, in which we live our lives. That's the goal, and, it's, and it, is, it is the journey. It is the destination and the journey. Love. Love is the destination and the journey. You can put that in your pipe and smoke it, <laughs> right? That is what it's all about. Your identity is as beloved, as, the, as one who is agaped by, by the Lord, and you, are a, and you are to experience agape from others in the church and in your family, and you are an agape-er. You are one who is who loves others in that expression. That is the lens through which we view our life. Not just being a nice person. You know, agape love is not necessarily specifically being nice, because oftentimes you can be nice, and that's the most unloving thing you could ever do. Not telling someone the truth, not doing something, you know, doing something nice because it's easy, versus doing the hard thing of correction of encouragement of of speaking the truth in this mentality of agape i'm devoted to you so i'm going to speak things over you and speak what that which is true i'm not the definition of love isn't just simply affirming you know people in their junk and being nice about it it's because you don't want to ruffle feathers that's not love that that is actually that's easy to 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 appease people because they want to believe something to be true because they, they and so there there's this element how do i love my wife even when she's wrong how does she love me when i am wrong how did how does she help gently correct me how do i gently correct her how do i gently correct someone in the church how do they gently correct me approach me and guys my goal is to be approachable like i'm not like i said i am not infallible right by all means by all means you know, I don't do things that I want to do, and I want to do things that I that I haven't done yet. But and there, and there and I do things the wrong way sometimes, and I want to know and I want to grow in that. Um, but most of all, I want I want to cultivate agape in the church. I want us to to view our faith as not this woe was was me, you know, walking in this in this in defeat all the time in our lives, but to walk in the newness of life, to walk in joy, to take every step in confidence, knowing that Christ is with us knowing knowing that christ is with me knowing that christ is with you walking by the spirit keeping in step with the holy spirit and when i when we do we understand the, the heart of the father we understand the loving heart of the father and jesus christ and we understand we get a glimpse of eternity we can and let's think we can live eternity now we, we are living in the kingdom of God today. The kingdom of God is what? The church. 
the church, maybe not necessarily specific, specifically church organizations, but the overall overarching, you know, nation, you know, worldwide, timeless people of God, you know, joining with the with the with the with the holistic people of God. That is the kingdom, and the and local churches are a local like outpost of the kingdom of God. Right? We are an outpost for the kingdom of God in Belgrade here at Shift Church. Your, your, your small group, wherever you have a small group or just a Bible study or theology pub, like we're going to have, have tonight and Wednesday night, you know, we're going to have this, this time where we're getting together and, and sharing our faith with, you, with one another and discussing different elements of God and, and in order to encourage and, and, and empower one another and spur one another on to love and good works. It's all about living in the kingdom, the eternal kingdom of God, and, and having an eternal perspective of the kingdom of God today. And so as you, as you think about, you know, what does your family wall look like? What, is your, what does it look like to live in the family of God? To love one another, to desire each other's flourishing, to, to, to view the people of God through the lens of God. Think about it. Pray about it. Keep in step with the Holy Spirit and love one another. As Jesus said, love one another. That is Jesus' command. That is his desire for us as his church and as his kids. Love one another. Cool. Hey, love you guys. (laughs) We'll see you next time. Bye.